0: All right, welcome to Fright Central. I'm Doc back here again with Keck. How's it going, buddy?
1: It is going.
0: All right, we are going to discuss both the actors' and writers' strike today and uh, the most recent news that we have up to date. First, I would like to talk about the writers' strike because that's been going on the longest. Uh, Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Back in May, I believe.
1: And no, I, I think know. I think there's like the most news with that because that's actually had some like there's been some uh, you know movement in the last 24 hours we were just talking about.
0: Yeah, they just had a, a sit down recently. Uh, but first, we'll go over what the what the writer strike uh, um, is about and uh, who they're really striking against.
1: Good idea. Uh,
0: So the uh, the writers, the WGA, is striking against the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. They uh, they pretty much are the union that cover three hundred fifty film and television production companies, which include major film studios, including Paramount, Sony, Warner Brothers, Universal, Disney, also network TV like ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC, and streamers Paramount Plus, Max. Peacock, Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, Apple Plus, and Amazon Prime. So they cover a lot. Uh, I'll just call them the producers or the studios throughout. I'm not going to say A-M-P-T-P the whole time. Yeah,
1: I would just say the studios.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just the studios. I mean, that's
1: pretty much how I've heard it uh, referred to um, on, on the news. It's either been the studios or the production companies,
0: you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's better than just you know repeating their whole fucking yeah but, yeah that's
1: uh, that's ridiculous,
0: but yeah they uh, so it was the strike uh, was May second and uh, the WGA is uh, eleven thousand five hundred members, and they had passed the strike authorization vote was ninety seven point eighty five percent, with seventy eight point seventy nine percent of eligible members had cast ballots. So the vote was 9020 in favor to 198 opposed of the ones who had actually voted.
1: Uh, I'm sorry. So th- this was the vote to strike. To strike, yeah. It and it was you said
0: 98%? Yeah, about it's 97.85, okay. yeah. Gotcha. So 98%. Yeah, uh, we're out around of now. like out of almost out of like 79% of uh members had actually cast their ballots. So And do you know
1: do you know approximately how many writers are in this uh, union? Yeah, 11,500. 11,500, gotcha. Yeah. So this was uh, an overwhelming number.
0: Overwhelming, yes. Yeah. There was a very, very small number uh, opposed to the uh, strike. Yeah. Um, but I also like to mention that uh, most animation writers do not fall under the Writers Guild, they actually fall under the Animation Guild. And uh, that's about the uh, about half that's about half of animation writers are in and, the uh, WGA.
1: And so animation writers are able to keep doing their anime stuff without yeah, all this,
0: they're, yeah but they don't get you know nearly as much you know benefits or like uh, yeah I can uh, go into that a little bit later, but they make about half as much as what uh, a live. TV uh, right, uh, television or movie uh, right?
1: one question I would have is with animation does that encompass like um, does that encompass like um, all animation like, like children's cartoons to yes. like you know like adult like uh, what is it called like the uh, Japanese anime stuff that's basically anything that's animated and these people are you know strictly right for anime
0: Yes. It encompasses I mean, sometimes everything. They do, yeah, sometimes they do cross over into live action, but only about gotcha. half of those members even make that up. Yeah. Um, I'll go into what the uh, details are of like how much they make a little later on. But, yeah, I was uh, just going to
1: say, like this would be a really great time to work on like uh, Fist of the North Star Part 2. <laughs> that At least that would be uplifting.
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I know a lot of the Japanese... Uh, animation uh they they don't fall under you know writers uh, uh you know the american uh guilds yeah and stuff like that so they all, that's a whole separate thing but yeah you know, i'm, I'm, I'm all ju- all just american, saying i would uh, take advantage of it yeah
1: you know because somebody's going to be making money out of crisis you know it might as well be them with fist in the north star part two that'd be bad fucking ass
0: well, the, 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 you can, you can write it, but I mean, you still have, and you can animate it, but then you still have the voiceover work. And a lot of those are actors, which fall a- under SAG, so they can't, yeah. they can't do the voices. So you- um,
1: unless you, well, unless you were to hire people that did not fall under the SAG category and you just got like, you know, non, uh, fat, f- f- sorry, SAG, SAG, up uh, you know, people, <laughs> believe in what you said i accidentally said uh fag um (laughs) well it was uh what was the um it was i don't know if you would consider this anime or not but it was the creators of south park had that thing where at the end kim jong-un what was that team america world police was it where they yeah yeah and they were they were fags instead of sags anyway
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was thinking the other South Park, the uh, gays against fags, where they were riding against the bikers. That oh, the money. but yeah, then where they got the <laughs> word
1: the word fag changed in Webster's dictionary to like Harley <laughs> Davidson riders, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah,
0: both both South Park references, but yes. <laughs> but uh, so the things that the uh, Writers Guild were asking for were. Uh, better residuals, in many cases, residuals at all, because uh, sometimes they don't get uh, paid residuals at all. Um, on top of residuals, they want to clear up a bunch of other issues when uh, it comes to respect to like streaming and tech. Uh, they want increased minimum composition, uh, compensation, uh, better working standards, and regulations regarding AI and uh, anti-discrimination measures, of course. Uh, no.
1: Oh, my thing, oh, we'll we'll get into this. So go go ahead, continue. Uh, is there any? Is there any? Um, is there any more uh, demands that they have, or anything uh, else that they're looking for?
0: Yeah, I can go into a little uh, details
1: of what because everything you mean. just read sounds like you know completely practical. You know, very reasonable.
0: Yeah. Um. The, the union wants TV shows to staff like a certain number of writers for a period of time. Uh, cause sometimes they'll just have people come in, you know, uh, plan out the whole season, then they'll go away and then like maybe two writers will come in and like, you know, and actually get in like those, those guys in the beginning won't, won't really get paid. You know, it's a, it's a, it's called like a mini room. where only a handful of writers working on, on a series. And, like, they're employed like during development before shows greenlit. That means the writers uh, can be working on a series that doesn't get picked up for as much of a year after they've worked on it or not at all. And, like, this this process has kind of circumvented some of the protections WGA members have from being, like, overworked and understaffed. The use of mini rooms uh, accelerated during the pandemic, with writers often meeting uh, by Zoom, which is still, like, a common uh, practice. Um, so many of the, the TV uh, rules surrounding, like, TV writing are based on, like, you know old outdated uh models um the writers it's it's all- antiquated yeah.
1: yeah yeah No, i, I also, get that
0: they're also ex- um they were once you know working on like uh almost a year for like 22 to 25 episodes and now it's like maybe like six to ten episodes
1: Oh, yeah, like, back in the days of, like, uh, like Friends, for instance, who used yeah, to have, like, yeah. what, they had, used to have, like, 29-episode seasons, or I think it was at least 24-episode seasons. Or, like, um, 24,
0: 24 episodes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in half. So And then a lot of the times they're assigned to, like, exclusivity deals, which means that, like, they can't work on anything else, you know, like, while, like, in between, so, like... You know, if you worked on one thing and then you then you're signed to that agreement uh, and then you can't work on it until uh, on something else until like they either canceled the show or like, you know, um, you know, although I can
1: understand why you would want a writer to be exclusively linked to, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, your current production because, um, it makes the writer, you know, solely focus on that because I can tell you from firsthand experience, writing can be very stressful, very anxiety-provoking. Writer's block is very, very real. And yeah. I would I would just think, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, just deductive logic would tell me that, like, it might be better for them to lock the writer down to, like, one thing rather than have – Them involved in many, many different projects. So ideas start to become scattered. And then maybe you see like a decline in like the quality of the writing. So, I mean, I'm just like sore playing devil's advocate because like I could understand that, but then I can understand on the other side too, it limiting them to be able to pursue multiple forms of gainful employment.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, uh, the, like it's one thing when they're signed on to something, but then like once something's done and you don't, and you're just sitting around like waiting to see if you get picked up or like, yeah, you know, and, or like while they're shooting, you're not working. Yeah. And that means you're not getting paid. So you're having trouble paying rents. So you're just kind of stuck, not doing anything. You have to get a second job or
1: something. And like that. that can also like greatly, like what I was just saying can greatly affect your creativity because yeah. if you're an idle writer, like that's just not good. Like if you're a writer, you're supposed to be writing. Um, you know, and I'm sure. Like I would think that like a lot of the writers, and I'm um, saying this, I I have no idea. I'm ju- I'm just you know saying like hypothetically. I would think like a lot of the writers aren't necessarily like completely idle. I'm hopeful. Hopefully, a lot of them are like doodling ideas and like you know maybe have like something in mind for like where they're going to be going to next or yeah. do you think that they're all just like sitting around on the couch depressed <laughs> with like blank expressions on their face, staring at TVs of static?
0: Well, I think a lot of them might, uh, are, uh, probably out, get, you know, working second jobs while they're waiting yeah. to hear back from uh, yeah. other projects yeah. as well. Cause you know, they got bills to pay. Not yeah. everyone makes like millions of dollars on, uh, i writing, I mean, some do, but not everyone.
1: Well, can you talk a little bit about, uh, apparently there was like a war chest for the writers, like some kind of fund where the out-of-work writers were going to be receiving some form of compensation while on strike, or was that only for the actors? Because I know that there's a fund for the actors that have been set up. Uh, So some of the actors are still getting paid out of like a, um, I don't know if it was like uh, donations or some kind of like charity contribution, but I know some of the actors are still receiving payment while on
0: strike. Do the writers have an equivalent of that? Uh, I'm sure they do, but I I had not uh, come across one because most of the news was about the SAG uh, Foundation, which is not part of SAG. It's a separate uh, nonprofit organization that people have been donating to that will pay out like uh, it's for people in financial need i'm sure the wga has something similar yeah as well but but kind of you you would assume up. that
1: it's dwindling right now like whatever funds they had put aside you would think that like it has to be dwindling it has to be close to empty by now right because i mean it, it's it, now it's worked dependable. for what three months now
0: yeah uh it it uh, I guess it depends on how much they had and, and if and how much people are donating as well yeah uh, I'll go into the donations of the of the sag one um when we talk about sag but yeah I haven't heard as much about the writers because like the, the most of the uh news coverage is about uh you know the act is more about the actor strike than it is about the writer strike
1: unfortunately in my opinion but
0: yeah um in a famous um now, famous uh, or should I say, infamous interview with Deadline. Uh, one of the members of uh, the Producers Guild uh, stated on record that the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses.
1: Now, you mentioned this to me for the first time, uh, like two or three
0: nights ago. Um,
1: what now? When did this episode of Deadline air? This was like very recent. Um, July eleventh. July 11th all right so almost a month ago but who was it that said this was it uh, was it on an, um,
0: a it uh, anonymous?
1: anonymous okay yeah. so they're chicken shit.
0: Yeah, all right it's just it's just one of the uh, well actually here not Halloween precisely but late October for sure is the attention is a top-tier producer close to the uh, yeah it just says uh, one of the producers or one of the members of, you know, again, that's like over 350 different studios. So Yeah, but you know, I mean, like, I'm assuming that yeah.
1: whoever said this was probably – High up in one of the studios, and that's why they chose to remain anonymous. And they're, you know, probably very angry. And what they're basically saying is, is they want to bleed them dry until the writers basically come crawling on their hands and knees back. And then they don't want to give them any demand, but actually kind of fuck them over and like demote them and like give them actually less pay, like to teach them a lesson like don't ever fuck with us again. Is that yeah. what they were
0: sort of saying? Yeah, because they said not, that's fucking hardcore. Yeah, acknowledging the cold as ice approach, several other resources <laughs> reiterate reiterated the statement. One insider called it a cruel but necessary evil.
1: Cool cold but necessary. Yeah, so necessary.
0: They, they, are, they think so, that the financially strapped writers would go to the WGA leadership and demand they restart talks before they get a very cold Christmas.
1: Ah, uh, so this, they, they so this is, terms. this was someone saying the quiet part out loud, but they were representing probably a substantial amount
0: of the overall sediment of the production companies. Yeah, I mean, uh, publicly they're refuting the so-called October Surprise. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, they, uh, seen as like several other members kind of re- reiterated the uh, statement. Yeah, it seems yeah. Like, uh, that's that's kind of the uh, the plan for that. Uh, yeah, it's real real scumbag move. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I can understand that there's anger on both sides, you know, because obviously, um, you know, I was just uh, reading something about how they said that the fall TV lineup is basically on life support right now and how it like – there's a lot of stuff that's just not even going to happen. Like there's probably a lot of things that were in the works that we're going to never know existed. So I get that there's frustration and anger on both sides, but like to say that, like we're not only going to not give you any of the things you're requesting, not compromise in the slightest we want to hurt you for this. We want to make you pay. Like this is, you know what I mean? Like this is retribution. So I mean, that's fucking hardcore. I mean, to even if they said, like, you know, look, we're going to refuse to negotiate when they want to come back. We're welcome to give them exactly what they were getting before. That's still shitty to not compromise at all. But at yeah. least that's not, like, absolutely cold-blooded. Like, that's some fucking cold-blooded ruthless ruthless ah, ruthless-ass shit. You know, that's, um, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey, Frank Whaley, uh, that's some swimming with the sharks type shit right there. You know yeah, what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, It's like they're saying the uh, quiet parts out loud. Like that's, Yeah. That's, that's what you need to, like, fucking- But they to, also yeah. did
1: it as chicken shits because they did it in a manner where, you know, their names are never going to be mentioned. At least yeah. not- Presently or anytime in the near future. I mean, maybe at some point we'll learn who said that, but like, you know, if you really want to be ballsy and you're going to make, like, you know, p- you're going to say something to deadline and you want your word to be heard, like, you know, have some fucking courage. And if you're going to be that hardcore, be a man or be a woman and, you know, throw your name into the mix. Let us know how you feel. Like, don't, you know, hide behind privilege.
0: Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah. Um, Now I got some uh, numbers here of like, uh, how much uh, writers make, at least like in the previous deal that you know their deals run about three years uh, before they uh, renegotiate. Uh, it helps you know keep up with you know technology and stuff like that. Um, before you and,
1: mention the numbers real quick, I just wanted to ask, are there different tiers? Of uh, writers like within the because uh, for example like writers that have done like larger projects that have like you know um you know gained more notoriety and success for their work for you know uh, movies and television that have like been more profitable and been more successful are they like kind of on like a higher level like comparable to like a SAG actor like you know somebody like Sean Penn compared to some. Somebody like you know who's not really very well known at all like
0: are there different tiers of pay
1: on the right like do you understand what i'm asking
0: or yeah yeah, absolutely um yeah i'm just talking about like what the minimums are oh okay uh, okay what people can get paid up to like you know i was just curious it's it's kind of about rough rough payment yeah Um, for like a an original screenplay without treatment a screenwriter can get paid uh like uh, Fifty-four thousand for a low-budget project, and roughly one hundred and eleven thousand for a high-budget one. These numbers become uh, eighty-one thousand uh, to one hundred fifty-two thousand, depending on if like a treatment is involved or not, because you get paid for a treatment as well. Uh, for non-original screenplays with no treatment, you can get forty-four thousand for a low budget and ninety-one thousand for high budget. Uh, with additional treatment, can bring those numbers up. Uh treatments and rewrites alone can net writers around twenty-six thousand for low budget and forty thousand for high budget, while story by credit will pay ten thousand. Uh this does not reflect the entire reality, because not only do these amounts uh tend to get paid uh incrementally, um it's likely a writer will get like a portion of the total for the treatment, another portion for the first draft, another portion for final draft in the case where the treatment is present, but um for beginning writers, there's no guarantee that the same writer will be hired to write anything beyond a first draft or even the treatment. And once you've sold your script, the studio owns it and can hire whoever they want to work on it. Um, also, they don't account for additional expenses such as paying a screenwriting agent, a manager, a lawyer, taxes, which can bring the writer's total income down to as low as 40% of the original number.
1: Yeah. Um, there's something wrong there.
0: Yeah. So those numbers might seem like high up front, but like, if you're not, if you, if you're a tied to a deal for the whole year, you're getting paid, okay, $40,000, let's say, but then you got to pay taxes on that as well. But then you get, you got manager payment, you know, all these other payments you got to make and you're only going to make like 40% of that. Like that's not enough to cover
1: anything. It doesn't really say, I mean, when you say a low budget project, um, around 54,000, what is low, but I mean, are we talking about like, what would you consider low budget? Like what would like the total, um, the total amount that went into the entire production? Like, are you talking about like like maybe like 5 million or something like that or are you talking about like even lower but like probably. shoestring cuz you know there's different tiers of budget like you know we're not talking about shoestring budget shit obviously um no, you know we're, yeah we're
0: talking about like yeah i think it's less than i think it's something like less than 5 million yeah i, I was know. just trying to get
1: like a reference point of what was considered low budget like you know are we talking about 5 million? Or are we talking about like 2 million? You know what I mean? Like what's considered to be like low budget, like what, what's the, you know, low mid tier and then like top tier, because you would think, it, I mean, if low budget is like really low budget and then you look at a project like avatar, which is obviously like really high budget where, you know, they spent like, what is, was it like $2.1 billion? It, you said uh, the low budget was fifty four thousand. I believe you said high budget was a hundred and eleven or a uh, hundred and ten thousand dollars. That's like actually not that much, considering How much like they a high for, uh, budget movie could uh, be bringing in ridiculous amounts of revenue.
0: Yeah, when uh, I like mean, I was uh, bringing in like a billion dollars. Yeah.
1: And, well, of course. Then again, on the other hand, let's say this low budget project that they're in. Does very well because like low budget projects have the ability to, you know, see exponential returns if they're successful. You know what I mean? You look at something like the Blair Witch Project comes to mind. And they're only going to be making $54,000 if this thing turns around from like a $5 million budget and ends up making like a total of like, you know, let's say two hundred and fifty million dollars overall which can does and has happened you're only getting 54 grand from that and you read yeah. the whole
0: thing yeah that and that's up front pay that's where residuals would come into yeah. effect where you would get paid like you know depending on like how much something was re-aired on tv or yeah. you know uh i guess and total uh, gross you know video on demand you would get paid from because you have to pay for those uh, or like a red box or you know like amazon prime you have to pay like yeah. you know 10 bucks or something you get paid for those you know if if you are if that's in your contract at all first of all yeah because uh, that that was one of the uh things but yeah when it comes to streaming and this also uh, like goes with the uh the sag uh, what they're talking about as well like you like stream is really difficult to even get residuals. And if you do, you're going to get a very small amount, uh, because it's really difficult. They don't release a lot of numbers for, for, uh, for like Netflix and Disney and stuff like that. They don't release viewing numbers. And sometimes like if it's a Netflix owned property, like say orange is the new black, you know, that is something they had owned and produced themselves. Um, they could be paying residuals based on like maybe, I don't know, maybe like how many hours, you know, they could be. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying they, I don't know how they work it. I think it's just a one time payment at the end of the month or something. But instead, like, um, the sometimes, you know, Universal will sell, like, license a project to Netflix and then, in, like, they'll get a residual payment from Universal. But then if it does really well on Netflix, they won't see anything. You know, based on that, and like that's where it gets kind of fuzzy. Is like how yeah. they, like, they, they, uh, I know SAG and writers want like a third party to like uh, determine how many like hours or views like things are getting, so that, like they can negotiate an independent uh, arbiter that
1: kind of oversees everything that doesn't really have a horse, uh, yeah. you know, um, yeah. you know, a horse in any any of the races and yeah. uh you know they're able to you know just kind of like um objectively look at things and mediate
0: yeah but, and also but like when it comes to netflix the the amount of views something gets doesn't necessarily um come into you know actual revenue for netflix you know because mm-hmm. they get paid by subscribers and it's hard yeah. to tell if certain things bring in a certain amount of subscribers or not, so that's a that's a whole another like thing you you kind of have to work around as well. That's why my suggestion was like it they should get a, a certain cut by how many hours it gets viewed, and not necessarily how many views. So like it, like if you only watch like ten minutes of something that does that count as a view like like you didn't watch the whole episode yeah i mean
1: we don't well we don't know uh the netflix algorithm um i mean i know that's been something like i know netflix had tried to uh retain employees when there was like um i think a couple years ago there was something of um a mac a mass uh, exodus from netflix and netflix was like really worried about like some of uh its employees that had uh resigned kind of going to other platforms and sort of like revealing their you know formula to success and um i, I mean considering that other streaming platforms are now having like um a greater degree of success than they initially were. You would think that some of that got leaked out, but I mean, we don't know exactly by what metric, uh, Netflix is like, you just said, like if you only watch like a small amount of something like the first five or 10 minutes, is that like a full view? Yeah. And, um, also, um, just wanted to backtrack a little bit. Um, with the uh, low budget and high budget, were you talking about – does that count as, um, a film or what is the difference between a writer working on a film and a writer working on a television production that's like going to see several seasons? You know what I mean? Like, for example, if you're making a movie or you're like, uh, writing for Game of Thrones, where you know that you're going to be seeing like, um, you know, a certain number of seasons, like, you know, it's going to be picked up what game of Thrones went for eight seasons, one season, unfortunately too long. And, uh, you know, you're obviously going to be seeing like a lot more constant work. Do you get paid like by the episode or is it, you know what I mean? Like what's the difference between
0: film and television? Uh, well, that was mostly um, that was mostly film that I uh, yeah that
1: that produced. that's what I was thinking. I I was just curious as to the writers' compensation for like a television series, especially a television series that like after the initial season they will sometimes get picked up for multiple seasons afterwards. So you would think, well, in a perfect world, you would think that like the writers would see uh substantial compensation for that especially if their writing was very well received and they've already uh been negotiated and signed for multiple extra seasons assuming that they're going to keep the same writing staff on there because i mean there's been several incidents where uh God damn it. The uh, specific show I'm thinking of uh, eludes me right now. But after the first season, which I thought was a very good, strong season, uh, the production company fired the entire writing staff and they replaced them with somebody else. It was like kind of a big deal back in the day. Um, I can't think of the show. It's on like the tip of my tongue, but I just can't remember. And yeah, I was just curious about the, um, the difference between film and television and, uh, the writer's, uh, compensation between the two. All
0: right. Well, um, for a feature film <laughs> for which a writer is paid over 150,000 in six months where it takes, whereas it takes nine months for a writer who is paid on hundred under 150,000, Sorry, let me uh let me rephrase that. All right. The WGA discovered <laughs> that the average duration of employment for a first draft in feature films for which a writer is paid over 150,000s is 6 months. Okay. Um whereas a someone who is paid under 150,000 uh their uh their script takes 9 months. So the first draft is 50% longer than for those who earn more. Uh is that? I think that. I know that's for feature as well. Where did the uh, T? Okay, for television, it looks like thirty-three percent of TV writers are paid minimum rates. Uh, I'm looking for what, what the minimum rate what, is. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess we probably should have looked into that. A little I didn't think I I didn't think of that. Like the difference, like you know, because I'm wondering like, because with some shows, you know, you have like an hour show, like you know, we'll have like a 57 minute runtime, which is the equivalent to like almost like a small movie. So if a uh, uh, writer is getting paid. Say fifty four thousand for like a low budget movie, or a hundred and ten thousand for a higher budget movie. Like, what would they? I mean, I can't think that like they would be getting that for like that wouldn't attribute to an entire season. Like, are they receiving like somewhere around like fifty thousand an episode? Or you know, I, I'm I'm just not sure what the difference is between TVs and movies in terms of what they make.
0: Uh, it looks like they can make up to two hundred fifty thousand a year. Uh, so it would be like a salary position in that regard. Like, yeah, yeah, because it's not going to be paid all at uh all. At so one, they're so basically
1: the writers are sort of being held on retainer, like as a show renews and stuff like that. Like,
0: yeah, um, I just saw something. Where did it go? For, uh, I believe, ZipRecruiter had said the average uh, TV writer gets paid. Where is it? It looks like nearly all half TV writers are working at minimum pay. Uh, WGA minimums. Uh, minimum is 5000 a week. So okay so level. all right
1: so for a television series like um the a low budget episode you'd be getting five thousand dollars per episode is that what you're saying
0: for a week uh that not necessarily yeah. an episode that's yeah because like, i just know uh,
1: each season. episode one episode airs per week And sorry to anybody listening to this. This is a lot of information to take in. You know, there's a lot of moving parts here. You know, we're talking about, um, the writers, production companies. We're going to be getting into the actors. There's a lot of numbers out there. Um, I've seen a lot of like confusing and misleading information about this. So in order to get like solid fact, you really have to like dig into this and, um, Yeah, there's just, like, a lot of moving components because, you know, uh, uh, until, like, we started the cast, I didn't realize that, like, anime was separate and then you have television, which is obviously a separate thing, and then you have film, which is a separate thing. And then, um, right before we did this cast, we were, um, listening to a guy talking about, like, um the independent films being able to enter into, I believe he said something called an interim agreement where you were able to kind of get around the strike somehow. And some people could do that. So there's, there's just like a lot of different components to this. So it's like really hard to like, you know, keep track of all of it because there's just so much shit going on.
0: Alright, I found that from Studiobinder.com. The uh WJA minimum for screenplay is a budget of five million or more is for a hundred and forty-five thousand. For screenplay with a budget of five million or less is seventy-seven thousand. Option price is ten percent of uh script minimum if they you know option to buy it. Uh yeah. week, future employment is six thousand a week. This number goes down more weeks you of guaranteed work you have, the minimum would be uh, roughly five thousand a week. Uh of course, uh, this is all before, you know, taxes and all your manager fees. Yeah, all yeah, yeah. All the, all the uh, other uh, costs and overhead. Uh, for television, uh, theatrical and television basic agreement, the uh, length of program, 15 minutes or less. Uh, the story is b- about 5000 a week. For a teleplay, is about 11000 uh, which includes like your first draft and final draft is ninety percent of minimum or sixty uh, percent agreed compensation, whichever is greater. Uh, story and teleplay is fourteen thousand. Oh, this was uh that was twenty twenty one. Sorry, uh, it's up a little bit more. So it's uh, five thousand for story, twelve thousand for teleplay, fifteen thousand for story and teleplay. Uh, a program 30 minutes or less is not 9,000 teleplay, 20,000 story and teleplay, 28,000.
1: Oh, you're throwing out a lot of numbers there, buddy. I can't yeah. keep track of all that, but like, um, so
0: basically, basically <laughs> a week about 5, yeah. a week.
1: all right. So for television, the minimum they're going to get is about 5,000 a week. So I, yeah. I was just looking at that as 5,000 episode. If you're going by, yeah. An episode week to week while you're
0: employed during that season. Yeah, um, so like it, for like a f- under thirty minute uh, network prime time story and place or would that be the entire length of the airing? Uh, no, the, the five thousands week to week, uh, week to week. So the, even if like uh,
1: they don't release them every week, so like the whole thing could be like stretched out. So they're getting five thousand a week regardless. Okay, gotcha.
0: Of how long they're, empl- yeah, of how long they're yes, employed. Yes, but Yeah, but lo- so the longer. And that's uh, the
1: minimum, right?
0: Yeah, but that's, but if the more weeks uh, guaranteed work you have, the WGA minimum goes down to 4000 a week. So real. So if you're employed longer, you get paid less. <laughs> so
1: That uh, makes no fucking sense at all. Cause I guess it's it's like you're work. going back so for so if I'm a writer it would be more advantageous for me to tell my agent to get me involved in a lot of more short budget projects but and that's you
0: have to constantly be looking for work yeah at least if you have guaranteed work you know you're gonna get a guaranteed pay but yes you would be you would be making less than something if you were just to do like a one-off.
1: Yeah that's tw- I mean it's confusing too. I yeah, mean yeah. it's uh, y- yeah I mean especially different. if you're a new writer just getting into the business and yeah. you know this is something you're very passionate about it's something you really want to do like and depending upon like you know whether you have whether you're just relying on the union or whether you have an independent agent that also might be taking a cut of your uh, earnings based upon like work that they're finding you. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of other expenses that they're gonna have as well, potentially. So yeah, yeah I mean uh, it's just kind of a cluster. Minute... So they really are getting fucked over.
0: Yeah, there's uh I mean there's like like there's just treatment pay. There's like the there's also like, you know, under thirty minute network prime time pay which is about twenty seven thousand for the whole thing. Uh, under 60 minute, I mean, uh, yeah, under 60 minute network prime time is 40,000 and then under 30 minute other than network prime time. So I guess like your streaming services and stuff would be 15,000 and then under 60 minute other network prime time is 28,000. Uh, so I guess the, that, that means like not prime time shows. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then your wh- high budget, basic one hour drama story and teleplay is 30,000.
1: Okay. And what about projects that are on deadlines? Like, for example, like something where they tell the writers, you know, you have to have your material out to us by a certain point. I mean, that... when you take that into consideration too is there like um a maximum amount of hours that an actor or a writer can work in a week like do they have like a cutoff point or if a production company is like you know we you know in your contract we said we have to have the final draft by this point, does that mean like an, uh, a writer could uh, potentially have to be up for three days straight writing? Like, you know what I mean? Like the, yeah, like a truck to driver. Yeah, yeah. So basically, do you see, that's a component that I didn't even consider because you know a lot of these things are going to have deadlines when the companies are going to basically be like we need the material by this point so actors or writers excuse me I a lot going on um writers yeah. basically do not have like any kind of uh i don't know work protection where they can't work so many hours like they can be up at all times, like working day straights, snorting Adderall and whatever Mm -hmm. else, like they have to have that material in by a certain point. Right. Unless like, well, I think the one example I had heard was I remember the final season of game of Thrones. I know HBO company had basically told the, um, The uh, writers, uh, we would rather get this right, you know, uh, you have uh, a lot. They had basically said we're going to be very lenient on the time frame, like, you know, take your time, write this out right, and, you know, we'll put it out when it's ready. And uh, I'm thinking that that was a very unique instance when most other projects, they're going to say, you know, we want the final draft by this date like so yeah, you're on the to deadline too time. you yeah, know right. writer's block fuck you we want our fucking shit yeah. you know what I well, mean also have
0: numbers for streaming too they uh, a platform with over, over 20 million uh, mm-hmm. subscribers pays the highest uh, minimum rates uh, rates decreased if when a platform is fewer than 15 million um, so but it's about roughly the same like a uh, 20 to 35 minute program with a budget of 1 to 2.1 million makes about 15,000 uh, budget of 2.1 million or more makes 27. Uh, budget of uh, and then it goes up from like you know 36 to 65 minutes uh, with a budget of 1.7 to 3.8 makes 28,000. You know, so the numbers are pretty much the same as uh, TV, but then you get into like you know your residuals and um, yeah, it's it's a whole other thing, and that
1: that seems to be where where, in your opinion, you think the residuals is where they're really getting screwed the most. Oh yeah, absolutely. As in residuals, uh, I believe in the music business, they call it royalties and things like that. Yeah, it's different, almost like
0: di- di- what, different like terms. Like, yeah, it's almost like how like uh, Spotify pays like point zero 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 like ten, you know. <laughs> To, yeah. to like one stream or something? Yeah, it's almost like that. So yeah. um, theatrical, uh, free TV, pay TV, basic cable, new media sales is 1.2%. Uh, first million in video DVD is 1.5. Every sale after the first million, 1.8. First 50,000 units in electronic sales on iTunes is 0.36%. Every sale after the first fifty thousand is point sixty five. Uh, TV the same numbers as above for DVD, iTunes sales, etc. Under thirty million, under thirty minute high budget prime uh, budget prime time first rerun was thirteen thousand five hundred eleven. This is TV, you know,
1: yeah, uh, not
0: not streaming. Uh, low budget thirteen, under sixty minute high budget uh, prime time return twenty four thousand. Low budget nineteen. And then we get into, you know, on-demand, and then you get into, like, you know, go all the way down, you got narrations, you see, they don't even have what they make from, uh, on. The, I'll share this uh,
1: Yeah, well, I think we get the point. You know, we're throwing a lot of numbers out there right now. You know, we're getting a little stale. Um, The bottom line is, I mean, my thoughts on this after kind of like laying out the groundwork. um, At at first, I wasn't like 100% on board with either side. But as I looked into it a bit more, at least in terms of the writers, it is very clear that there is a lot of injustice here. Like this is just bad practice. I mean, these people work their asses off to get out this material and you see what happens when they strike. You see what happens when you take away the writers, everything shuts down. And I mean, I'm just going to briefly sidebar because I've heard this from a lot of people, not just me this shit has had an effect on my mental health. Like, you know what I mean? I I was talking to friends, family members, and like, you know, like, especially people like my mom who love her, like late night comedy shows, like everything shuts down. Like, you know what I mean? So these are the people that really make the world go round, if you will, in like the entertainment industry, because, the actors can't do it alone because the actors are just uh, doing what the writers write. So, you know, the writers are just so central to everything. And um, I actually was surprised at how much it actually encompassed because it literally shuts everything down from like, you know, things like, you know, last week tonight with John Oliver to like fucking, um, Seth Myers, and I mean, it shuts everything down. Like, it just went from, you know, uh, business as usual, everything's fun, to everything fucking gone. Like, I've forgotten what Jimmy Kimmel looks like.
0: You <laughs> yeah. know what I
1: mean? So it's just, it's fucked yeah, it was,
0: up. Yeah, I was going to like, It's
1: a big shit sandwich, and everybody's taking a bite.
0: Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, before the, um, uh, actors went on strike like yes yeah, stu- dude like studios might have been okay with like you know scripts and stuff they had ahead of time but yeah all those late night television shows like they all shut down because they have writers on set and a lot of like the ones that were in production uh it like you know showrunners and stuff that like they they usually have writers on and same thing with movies they have writers on set that all had a walk away as well you know to help with like you know, on day rewrites, we're like, okay, this uh, at the at the time this this didn't quite make sense. So we got to rewrite this the next day. And same thing with like um, Ryan Reynolds, like he was shooting uh, Deadpool three, and he's both he's in both guilds, and he wasn't Wait, allowed. Ryan to Reynolds,
1: guys. he's uh, the Mint Mobile guy too.
0: Yeah, he owns Mint Mobile. Right, like we're he talking. Owns, yeah, he owns well, right he's like not hurting so. for money. <laughs> no, no, he's not, but. uh, he wasn't allowed to improvise on set of the, and he like, you know, if you know, Ryan Reynolds, he improvises on everything. Yeah. He improvises, then he gets a writing credit and he wasn't, marijuana, but why? <laughs> he wasn't allowed to improvise on set at all. So like they were only allowed to do so many things. And, and at least with Deadpool, you can go back and do a lot of ADR anyway, but yeah. like it does kind of fuck up the flow. Cause like, you can just have a bunch of takes, and then, like let him improvise and do different things and then and then go and his
1: improv has been widely hailed as being pretty successful too i mean yeah. i i would think if like you have a actor that's like trying to pivot to improv and is just making a fucking constant fool of himself so they're Constantly cutting and have to doing a reshoot to the point where you're like, "Yo, dude, just shut the fuck up and read your lines." Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is like known for that. Like he's, yeah, like very, he'll read the line,
0: the one he'll read the line, but then he'll do like a couple more takes. Like you yeah, know, like, like hey, like how about I do that, or like you'll just like you know roll. Yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. He will do that, so like that had to shut down. For, like showrunners had to like walk away on tv sets that's really interesting
1: that's a really interesting point like his actual improv was affected like you know what i mean because i guess that counts as he's he's part of both guilds so basically like they were like not even though you're not putting this shit down on paper like technically your
0: improv counts as writing so you can't be don't Wow, basically writing, uh, writing new dialogue, even if you're just yeah, doing it all. So, all yeah, so yeah, the
1: the production companies constantly have their hand on your scrotum the entire yeah. time.
0: Yeah, so um, they were trying to continue filming that, and uh, eventually it had to shut down because of the uh, the the um, you know, the actor strike, uh, which now we can. Uh, talk about because that's oh uh well the the writers did sit down with the uh producers recently um but uh what i've just read was as of now there is no agreement on these items because the producers said they need to consult with their member studios before moving forward that's what a statement uh, by the union was uh released uh late friday night
1: so they did sit down, but there was essentially no, no positive agreement. progress. Yeah.
0: They were like no agreement on these items because they said they need to go back to talk to their member studios before they can move forward. So like, they couldn't even be like, Hey, all right, we can agree. Let's go back into negotiations. They were like, no, we need to go back and like talk to our people again first before we can even come back. So it's, it's still like, in in fucking chaos. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. The
0: headline was pretty much they can't agree to resume negotiations, strike to go on indefinitely.
1: Yeah. Well, based on all the facts that you've laid out, I mean, um there's just no way that I could say that I'm not on board with the writers here. Um, you know, and it's not like the evil production companies and all that, like I'm not saying that necessarily, but like this is just fucking like classic injustice right here. Like this has to be fixed. And I know that the writers had initially like one of the reactions from the companies was that the writers demands were like like uh, very extreme and unreasonable, but you always, from a negotiating standpoint, you always ask for a little bit more than you know you're going to get, and you hope that you meet somewhere in the middle at least. You know, yeah. but in this case, I mean, the writers really were getting screwed over. So, I mean, at, at, at this point, what would your like final thoughts be on this situation? Like, do you think like the writers? Um, you know, just your opinion. Like, do you think if uh, the companies were to say, all right, you know, we're going to give you half? of everything you've asked for will you take that like 50 percent of all your demands will compromise with you if we can end this quickly or do you think the writer should just say fuck it and keep holding out and risk losing everything possibly
0: well it depends on uh, on what they uh give them because i know they wanted protections on uh, a.i uh as well like they want cuz students that is to.
1: one more thing i wanted to mention before like concluding the writers discussion um and i just wanted to give like a brief take on this and then i was wondering if you could respond to it I realize that AI is obviously a threat to both the writers and actors with the technology progressing so rapidly. I mean, AI seems to be like every day I hear something new. It's like, you know, the day of Skynet is coming. Like, you know, what I mean? yeah. like, shit is getting very intense. However, right now, as far as I know, Implementation of AI in film and television hasn't been incredibly prolific yet. So they are more right now talking about hypotheticals. Now, those hypotheticals are probably very realistic and reality driven, but like right now, AI isn't necessarily like crippling the industry. They're more talking about what they're afraid of is going to happen in the very near future as AI evolves. Correct? Would you agree with that? Because it is sort of a hypothetical.
0: Well, no, because what they want, what the producers want to do is they want to let AI, like, you know, come up with a script, and then they'll hire writers to come in and fix that script. But when they do that, that means they're getting paid less because you're just coming in for a rewrite, and like you're basically the-
1: editors at that point. You're not even the yeah. writer. You're an editor. You're
0: getting you're getting, a, you're getting a, what like one of the rewrite pay. is so you're not going to get like treatment pay or you know first draft pay or second draft. You're just going to get like final draft pay by like just coming in and fixing it so you're, oh, you're
1: already well see well on. that's that's changing your job title completely because at yeah. that point you're not a writer anymore you're an editor you're editing something that computer software shit out
0: yeah well so, I mean, it's just like it's just like rewrite it's just like a, a rewrite you know yeah. like you get paid for rewriting it which it's not necessarily editing it's it's doing a, it's doing another rewrite based on uh somebody based on the ai's treatment instead of a real person's treatment
1: yeah, but so what, I mean, I saying, what I was saying, what I was saying is, th- what the future could bring is, as AI becomes like even more integrated and becomes even smarter, eventually AI would be able to write everything for you and edit the material and do rewrites. So I guess that was sort of like the hypothetical scenario, but like. I guess if you look at it and if there is no regulation to AI and how it like, you know, translates into a whole plethora of things, not only uh, film and television, but, you know, we could go on and on about the threats that AI proposes compared to the benefits it offers. But like eventually you could see AI completely replacing writers altogether um all at that point you would just have creators that have an initial idea and an outline for a project and then they could basically outsource it completely to AI and have the whole thing written to them you know you just basically feed this software the idea of what you're looking for and it will eventually be able to basically write your idea for you right I mean that would be That's a realistic scenario,
0: no? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, So, I mean, yeah, the writers are sort of facing extinction, um, regardless of whether that is currently a hypothetical and a possible future. I mean, it really depends on how we're going to regulate AI and that's going to probably be left up to the United States Congress and how government like steps in. But that would just be our government. Uh, You don't know what they're going to do in the EU and other places. So yeah, this is a very confusing time and very complicated time. There's just so many moving parts here that um, I don't know really what the solution is, but I know As of the present, not thinking of the future, not taking into account hypotheticals, right now something needs to change. There has to be some form of negotiation because we have to – you know what I mean? Just on like a human level because the, the studios are still going to see a lot of money. Like, regardless of what, even if they agreed to all the writers' demands, you know, they're going to still be very, like, slightly less filthy rich on the projects. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like... Even if they gave in to everything, they're still going to be making a lot of money, especially after this drought has ended and everybody goes back to wanting to consume everything they can. Wait, yeah, can you imagine when things start rolling again, everybody's going to be tuned in to see what they've been missing. Everybody's jonesing.
0: Yeah, from what I was reading, that like their demands were asking for less than two percent of the studio's bottom line. Yeah,
1: I heard that as well.
0: I think it's something roughly around four hundred twenty-five million over three years. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it's not
1: incredibly unreasonable.
0: No. Not when you're making. Uh, I mean, millions. the studio sees that,
1: and they're like, "Well, you know, that's four hundred and twenty-five million that uh,
0: we could also have. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, that was, that we could be buying uh, private jets and yachts. Uh, like yeah,
1: I mean, like you know, think about the uh, missile defense system that you could build over your yacht, like the uh, <laughs> old owner of Chelsea FC wanted to do. You know, that's for, that's a you know. Um, but you know, jo- joking aside, this isn't. It, I mean, it's not funny. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's really I remember sad. Remember what happened uh,
0: remember what happened in the last writer's strike, and that was just the writers. How bad like television shows like became. Yeah, you know, came back with the ones that at least the ones that got cut off like mid season, like here, And I'm you like, said that zero. went on
1: for a hundred days, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
0: this is roughly 90 days so far. Yeah, yeah. so –
1: and from where we're at, it would seem like it would be highly unlikely that things were going to be resolved in the next 10 days. Hell, I'm hopeful. I'd like to see that, Um, but uh, I would say, you know, if I had like – a magic ball and I were to shake that eight ball, it would say outcome highly unlikely. Like, you know what I mean? So, but I, I, would really like to be wrong about that. Um, the only other thing I wanted to, uh, mention before we get into, uh, the actors in the next part is, um, I just found out something maybe uh, an hour before we were set to cast and that was that the directors were actually set to go on strike. I had no knowledge of that whatsoever, but apparently they reached an agreement before it ever got that far.
0: Yeah, I mean they don't necessarily have to worry about AI taking their jobs because you can't have no. artificial intelligence. Well, to- at least not well, yet. Yeah, I, mean, you really, know. I mean – Animation, they probably could, but they couldn't yeah, do a lot yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Media.
1: Yeah, animation. Yeah, that's a good point. Animation, yeah. you could see AI getting involved, but I mean, uh, essentially, with the AI question, it's going to be down to, not really, M. It's going to be come down to government regulation. Um, well, that's why you I, know, the
0: unions are right to put that in now yeah. to have protections on that. Yeah, so they can and. It,
1: it, the the only other good thing I can say about that is it does seem that on like uh somewhat bi- bipartisan basis, both sides have seen you know seem to be displaying a lot of trepidation and fear and uncertainty about what unregulated artificial intelligence looks like in, you know, a whole myriad of different sectors of, you know, not necessarily just like television, but like, you know, in terms of internet privacy and things like that. So at least, you know, they're active in talking about it in government. So maybe will come to some understanding, which could benefit both the writers and the actors, considering both sides of the aisle seem to share concerns. Now, of course, a lot of their concerns are based on totally different reasoning, but like nonetheless, they are all somewhat concerned. So, I mean, if you're going to put a positive spin on that, I would say, you know, I'm not someone that's like real pumped about over-regulation, but with AI, I'm scared of it too, bro. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. You know, do you have any other final thoughts on this or – uh, no, I think that's about it for, uh, I think we encompass things fairly well, about as well as you could, um, at least within uh, an hour. But, you know, to uh, go into it more and give more numbers and stuff like that, uh, you know, I-, I think we've summed up the uh, situation about as uh, well as could be expected. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll uh go ahead and uh wrap this up uh for the writers and then uh on our next cast we'll do uh, yeah uh, give the actors, actors, actors their own to, uh because two hour Cause that's going to be a whole nother hour to talk about. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I obviously. Yeah. We, I mean, if we were to go in and talk about the directors too, and then get into like an in-depth discussion about AI and what we see, it, what it can and cannot do and our predictions for where AI is going to go, you know, we could talk all night about this, yeah. but, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. And in our next cast, we are going to be discussing uh, the actor's strike and uh, unfortunately probably have to talk a lot about their president and spokeswoman, Fran Drescher. So thank you for uh, joining us, and we will catch you next time. Take care, buddy.